Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, August 15th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. In the Midwest, cattle typically graze in open fields, but there is an effort to get them to eat grass off the floor of a forest. I needed a, a living barn. That's To me, that's what trees do for you. We'll hear from researchers and farmers who are trying to rebuild the region's original forests to help farmers, the environment, and cattle in just a few minutes. The Missouri legislature has allocated more than $410 million for water improvement projects, but that money will not help with recovery from last month's flash flooding in the St. Louis area. Funding for those issues could come through other avenues. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports. One way the historic flash flooding events in the St. Louis area could be addressed is through a once-rejected plan from the Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District. In 2019, St. Louis area voters rejected a proposition that would have charged customers a fee based on how much of their property generated stormwater runoff. Money would have gone towards addressing flooding and erosion. Brian Holscher is the executive director of the Sewer District. He says they have the authority to work on stormwater issues, but no funding to address it. We've already got about $700 million in issues that have been reported to us from folks things such as creek flooding, creek erosion, backyard flooding, uh, that's kind of sitting there. Holscher says the district plans to again bring the proposal up to voters, but the earliest for that would be April of 2024. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. The Federal Emergency Management Agency is opening a disaster recovery center this week in Hazelwood. Officials will provide help to victims of last month's floods. FEMA and Small Business Administration specialists will help people navigate assistance programs and check the status of their federal applications. The center opens this afternoon and will be helping people through Friday. Today marks one year since the Taliban took over Afghanistan after U.S. troops left the Middle Eastern country. The St. Louis-based nonprofit, the International Institute, says more than 700 refugees have relocated to the area in the past 12 months. Zamzama Safi worked as a military translator and was targeted by the Taliban but managed to escape. She now lives in St. Peter's and is working on getting her journalism degree, which would not be possible in Afghanistan. That, okay, if I go to class, if I get off the class, then Taliban will attack me. I don't have that fear anymore. I can go to the class with the peace of mind, with the safety. She made the comments during an appearance on St. Louis on the Air. There is another issue with the Loop trolley. The Post-Dispatch reports the service did not run yesterday because of what the operator describes as power issues. The trolley resumed overall operation this month after not running for a couple of years. An official tells the newspaper the service should be up again by Thursday. The free rides on the track from the Del Mar Loop to the Missouri History Museum are on a Thursday through Sunday schedule. Communities along a proposed scenic byway that would run from St. Louis to Branson will soon have the opportunity to weigh in on the idea. The Ozark-run scenic byway would designate parts of seven state and federal highways as a continuous route through the Ozarks. Eric Hermanson is coordinating the effort for Scenic Missouri. He says the concept would have a measurable economic impact. Simply by giving your highway a name, and uh, giving people a direction on how to go, it's kind of a built-in itinerary, it becomes an attraction 
Towns along the route will be holding public hearings over the next month to gather input. If the communities sign on, the state's Scenic Byway Commission would vote to give final approval to the project. Many of the cows raised in the Midwest graze in open pastures that used to be forests. Clear-cutting trees to make it easier to raise cattle eliminated much of the landscape known as Midwest savanna. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan Alt reports, an experimental farm south of Rolla is trying to prove that grazing animals in forests is better for the environment, farmers, and cattle. Ashley Conway Anderson is driving a four-wheeler down a dirt road on the University of Missouri's Wordack Farm. On the left side of the road is a thick forest. On the right side is a big open pasture where cows are huddled under the few trees along a creek bed. The professor of agroforestry says neither side is what should be there. Conway Anderson says before Europeans arrived, all of this was a forest, but much less dense than what's on one side of the road. That habitat was created intentionally by a lot of um, the indigenous communities that lived here, intentionally managed with fire. And then once fire opened things up, what came next was grass, and then what followed the grass was large grazing herbivores. Those herbivores were bison and elk, but Conway Anderson says they could be cows today. She's leading a multi-year study at this farm to first thin out the forest areas, get native grasses growing, and then bring in cows to graze. It's called silvopasture, and it's a very old way of raising animals. Conway Anderson says her research is getting more attention because healthy forests can be a critical part of combating climate change. Trees are good at keeping carbon out of the atmosphere, and they're also resilient in the face of extreme weather caused by climate change. When we do have floods, when we do have droughts and fires, it will it won't be wholesale destruction. It will be able to recover much more quickly and maintain functionality for longer when it experiences those inevitable challenges. Conway Anderson says she wants to get the data and create an example to help farmers move their cattle from open fields into forests. She says it should be a short trip because so many want to and some already are. Everybody probably thinks I'm a civil pasture expert, but I'm really not. I'm just a guy that's planted trees. Bruce Carney raises cattle on his family farm north of Des Moines. More than 10 years ago, he decided to convert 200 acres from corn and soybean fields to land for cattle to graze. What I learned after seeding a crop farm downtown was that I needed trees. I needed windbreaks. I needed shade. I needed a, a living barn. Okay? that's To me, that's what trees do for you. Carney says trees make cows happier, healthier, and bring in more money when they're sold. While Carney is considered a success story of silvopasture development, he says he'd like to do more, and the kind of research going on at the University of Missouri could help. And advocates for having more trees on farms agree. Katie Adams is with the Wisconsin-based Savannah Institute. She says another benefit from the movement is that it can make small farms more viable by increasing the amount of money they bring in. By its very nature, is it's intentional and intensive. So it allows for us to do more on one piece of land. Adam says silvopasture can combine raising cattle, growing food like apples or walnuts, and a timber business all into one small piece of land. There are a lot of challenges to making a go of having cattle graze in forests, including the time it takes for trees to grow, the inefficiency of raising cattle that graze as opposed to a factory farm, 
and the time and effort to manage a forest properly. But Conway Anderson says it's worth it, and she's optimistic that she can prove it. I want to get more people thinking about this as a viable possibility, because even if everybody does this on 40 acres that they have, that's a huge amount of landscape in Missouri alone that can add to this mosaic and help rebuild out the tapestry of Savannah landscape that once was here. Conway Anderson is also banking on the increased need for such measures, as climate change puts pressure on agriculture to come up with solutions in the coming years. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.